some rain moving in if you're like me that excites you uh if you're a loser you don't like that no i'm kidding i'm kidding i wouldn't i would not call you a loser all right hey we're gonna go ahead and open up tonight uh by speaking some words of faith over the united states let's stand up together this evening amen and we are gonna speak some words of faith over our nation and we choose to keep believing and declaring that our nation is coming to jesus amen let's say this together Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight, and you may be seated. All right, let's get into our announcements and our business right here. Okay, so uh, check it out. Uh, just another friendly reminder, no food or drink in the sanctuary except for water or if we're doing communion. And uh, we'd appreciate that you help us to keep the carpets nice and clean. Amen. Who feels the love when I say that? Isn't that just a great thing? You know, hey, would you like it if you just got your carpets cleaned and, and, and I came in and ate spaghetti on them and spilled? You wouldn't like that, would you? No. All right. So very good. We won't do it to God's house either. Okay. And then also reminder um, for the, uh, this is again another reminder for the coffee bar, um, unless you need some special assistance or, you know, maybe nursing a baby or you're receiving some healing and don't want to spread germs, uh, we don't want you to sit in the coffee bar during service, um, again, unless you have a legitimate need to maybe need to be back there, okay? Uh, you know, we can all fit in here and uh, there's still some available seats even tonight, so praise the Lord for that. Okay, let's get into our other announcements here. Who knows what's happening on Friday night? Marriage night, yeah, it's for all the married people, amen? All right, and so here we go. It's going to be this Friday at 6.30 in Victory Hall, and it is an Italian menu pitch and dinner, so that just means bring an Italian dish to share, and we do have free child care for you for ages 0 to 10. Who thinks that's a pretty good deal right there, man? Come on, whoa. Yeah, and so uh, you're getting, you can register online, hdwc.org slash married, and that kind of helps us get a count of um, how many kids and stuff to prepare for. So Friday night, 6.30, don't miss it, okay? And then uh, Saturday of this week is the men's meeting for the month of February, all right? And so this Saturday, 9 a.m., breakfast, Bibles, and bros, okay? So show up. We're going to have a fantastic time. We always do encouraging each other uh, in the Word of God, amen, having some fellowship. Yeah, that's a really good thing, all right? And then uh, also, we're throwing a, a group out here at you. There is a weekly men's Bible study taking place um, Saturdays at 6.30 
p.m. at Raymond's house. And again, uh, I, I'll just say that, hey, y'all know where Raymond lives, okay? And so just show up over there. And if you need to know where it's at, then I'll tell you. But you, you, you know where Raymond lives, okay? And so 6.30 uh, p.m. weekly Saturdays at Raymond's house, all right? And then I'm super excited about this. We are starting a, a, just a simple four-week class this Sunday morning at 9 a.m. in the admin building. It is a beginner's Bible class. Very, uh, very informative, helpful class because so many people, you know, they, they start, uh, they give their life to the Lord, start coming to church. And I understand that you don't know where to begin in reading the Bible. We get that question all the time. Well, where do I even start? And I, I would not recommend starting in the book of Leviticus, but uh, you know, that's just, if you know, you know, great, great book. James, you like that one? It's a good book. So uh, it's all great, but that's not the best starting point. So uh, so in this simple class, we'll be teaching you maybe where to begin reading, how to understand the Bible, because that's another common thing that, that as a Christian, so many people say, I, I know it's important, and I really, really do want to read my Bible. I just have trouble understanding what I'm reading, or I don't know where to begin, or how to apply this to my life. And so we want to do this with you. Okay, so uh, 9 a.m. in the admin building, it'll be about a 20-minute, 30-minute class uh, each Sunday morning in the month of February, and Rosalinda Palakiko is one of our elders, and she's going to be uh, teaching that class, so really excited about this, amen? It's a great chance for you to grow in your faith, amen? We're getting stronger and stronger. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and get into our Wednesday evening tithes and offerings. Who knows what time it is, everybody? Yes, it is happy time uh, because God loves a cheerful giver. If you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand, and the ushers are going to get one to you. And we're going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 24. Is anybody excited for the Word of God tonight? Come on, hey, we're going to have to light it up a little bit more than that. Come on. We said we're going in the, the Bible, man, Matthew 6 and verse 24. Yeah, get excited. If I said, hey, your football team made it to the Super Bowl, would you start going, woo? Oh, oh, well, oh I'm sorry. That's my bad. Team my bad. That's my bad. I, I forgot. I forgot. I'm sorry. That's still a soft spot. I didn't mean to do that. Okay. Cletus, just forget that ever happened, my man, okay? I won't bring it up again tonight. Probably not. I don't know. Okay. So, anyway, I have not brought that up, okay? Just so everyone knows. This whole, I didn't say a word. Okay. Matthew 6 and verse 24, and Jesus said something that I think is, hey, <laughs> you can't argue with this. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus himself said, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Why? For you will hate one and you'll love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Whoa! You can't serve God and serve money at the exact same time. Why is this? Well, you're eventually going to come to a point where one of them is going to have to submit to the other. And then you're going to have a fight on your hands between 
your devotion to God and your devotion to your money. And we understand that, uh, you know, living life, you need money. Uh, and God's not opposed to you having money, but he is opposed to you being more devoted to your money than you are to your God. One of them's gonna have to tap out, amen? You're gonna have to choose one or the other. And so if you serve money, listen, there's gonna become a point in time where God maybe tells you to do something. You know, hey, give to this situation or help these people out. And if money is the loudest voice in your life, you'll tell God no, and you'll submit to your money. Is that a very good idea? That's a terrible idea. Or, or, or if, if God is God, if you're serving the Lord and he's your master, he's going to say, hey, I need you to do this. And your money's going to say, no, that's stupid. Don't do that. Why would you do that? If you do that, that's crazy. But listen, if you're listening to God, you'll say, you know what? I say yes to you. And money, you're just going to have to submit to this situation. Amen. And guess what? I found this so much out when, when it comes to obeying God in any area, including the area of giving, uh, as in giving 10% uh, to the Lord, it always turns out for my good. There's not a thing that I found in the Bible that God put in there just to spoil my fun and make my life rotten. Every single thing that I found in there, there's always been for my benefit. But the things that he tells me to do, they always stretch me. Oh, yeah. It always stretches me. Why? Because it takes faith to please God. Hebrews 11.6. You got to have faith. And so even when it comes to tithing and giving and an offering, it takes some faith. Amen. But we know this much. We please God by faith. Do you get it tonight? Amen. All right. Well, let's stand up together. Praise the Lord. And we are going to speak some words of faith over our giving uh, because we do everything by faith. The, the, the righteous shall live by faith. And so we do take every bit of this very seriously. Amen. We live the faith life. Let's go ahead and say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. If you want, you can make your way to the altar for praise and worship. Let's worship the Lord together tonight.
darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken and great are you Lord you give life you give life you are love you bring life to the darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath. It's your breath in our love. So we
it for you, Lord. We thank you that every good thing we have comes from you. And Lord, we worship you and we praise you tonight. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, you know what each one of us is facing. You know what each one of us needs to hear tonight, Lord. And I pray that we would have ears to hear what you're saying, that we would have hearts that were soft and ready to receive the truth from your word. And Lord, if we've got blinders on our eyes, I pray that our eyes would be opened, Lord, to the truth of your word, because we know that the truth, Father, it will set us free when we know it. And we thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise together tonight. Amen. You may be seated. Why don't you give somebody a nice little high five on your way down there, huh? Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. The uh, children in uh, second grade on up can be dismissed. Second to fifth grade can be dismissed at this time. Uh, they can meet their teachers back there by the lobby and then uh, head to class. All right. Very good. Very good. Love it. Praise God. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into the Word of God tonight. And uh, what I'm going to be doing this evening is tagging on to the Sunday p.m. service. If you were here on Sunday night. Uh, we talked about fighting the good fight of faith. And, uh, and so that seemed to kind of strike a chord with a lot of people. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that this evening. And so tonight is going to be fight the good fight of faith part two. Amen. Who loves a good two-parter? Yeah, 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 all right. Amen. Well, it'll be worthwhile. It's going to be good. <laughs> Amen. We're going to get into God's word. And so um, we're going to go ahead and uh, open our Bibles tonight to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And uh, this is the theme uh, for this whole lesson right here. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse 12. 1 Timothy 6. And we're going to look at verse 12. And uh, I'm going to read it in the New King James, 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to look here at verse 12. All right? <laughs> the north end of the building's got a phone. Okay. So uh, 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12. And the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, who is a young man, a young pastor, he says this to him, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of many witnesses. And so who in here has ever heard this verse before? Okay. And I've even noticed that uh, people will use, even, even non-Christian people will uh, kind of cut and paste parts of this verse, you know, to fit whatever it is they're trying to motivate people for. But I've even heard people say, fight the good fight. And, you know, whatever. But that's not really what this is talking about. This specifically is talking about fighting the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith. And so if you don't know it, you better know right now that we are a faith church. 
we are, I mean, you could even say we're obsessed with faith. We, we take it very, very, very seriously. And, and why would we take faith so seriously? Well, a verse you could just make note of. I think we use this on Sunday morning even. But Hebrews 11.6 tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. You have to have faith to, to please God and to even become a Christian. It's very, very serious. And, and, and then in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, it says three things are going to remain forever. Faith, hope, and love. And so I'm like, well, if there's three things that last forever and one of them is faith, like, I think that I should take faith very, very seriously. And, uh, you know, there's a multitude of other reasons why we say we take faith very seriously. But this verse right here, it's not telling you to just hang in there and fight the fight, brother. You know, people, they got this all mixed up. And, 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 and you, you understand that, that this isn't just a motivational verse, Okay. This is an instruction. This is a command to you, man. Get up and fight. Fight the good fight of faith. This, if you do it, is a guaranteed win. Why? Well, because we always triumph in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. And so again, there's so many Bible verses that people seem to, I don't know, they just cut a little piece of it out and try to use it for any old situation. People say, I can do all things. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't do all things. Now, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, but in and of myself, I, there's a lot of things I can't do, man. But in Christ, I can do anything that I need to do to get the victory. Amen. And so it tells us right here to fight the good fight of faith. And so we pointed this out. My dad always puts it this way. Well, what's a good fight? A good fight is one that you win. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, I'm just going to, I'm referring to some of our notes from uh, Sunday night, a little review in case you didn't hear it. But, you know, uh, sometimes as we fight the fight of faith, you'll see that things happen really quickly, right? Who likes it when you pray a prayer and it's like an instant answer and result? I love that. It's incredible. And it happens. I love it. It's happened so many times, man. It's awesome. And then there's been times that I've prayed for something and I didn't see the answer immediately. Sometimes it has taken a while to see the result or the answer. So what do we do in the meantime? Well, we hang in there. We fight the good fight of faith. We stand on the word of God. And so uh, we, we were just doing a little research the other night, and, and I found that uh, the, the quickest recorded fight in professional boxing history happened in the 40s, uh, and, and it was a four-second fight. The guy literally ran out of the corner, hit the guy, and it was over in four seconds. It was incredible. And then the longest fight happened in the 1880s, and it went 116 rounds. It was uh, uh, seven hours of pure brute. I mean, you've seen, you know, the old pictures of the guys, you know, boxing like this. It was like that. And, uh, and so the winner of the fight, okay, the guy that won, that fought the good fight, broke every bone in both of his hands and was bedridden for six weeks. And he was the winner. Like, whoa. <laughs> I'd hate to see the loser of that one. My gosh. Wow. And so somebody, you know, the, I'm, I'm just the type of guy like, listen, 
if I go 116 rounds and, and, and lose, like, I'm not going to say, oh, that was great, man. That was a good fight. No, that's awful. I want to win. Amen? Who in here? You want to win. Dude, I'm not showing up just to, you know, to, to play around. I want to win. And the good news is that through Christ Jesus, we can win. Amen. And so uh, we're going to fight the good fight of faith. And now we showed you two things on Sunday night that were weapons in the fight, okay? And so uh, the first weapon that we listed was the word of God, the word of God, God's word. And we looked at Ephesians chapter 6, and, uh, and I believe it was verse 12 where it tells us that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It says to take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, and so that's a weapon. You know that, right? I mean, God's word is a weapon. And then we dug a little deeper and we saw uh, the second thing we looked at Sunday night was using your words as a weapon, where the scripture plainly tells us to speak the word of God over your situation. So you need to get God's word in your heart and coming out of your mouth, you understand that, that you need to learn to speak the word of God. So many people don't know this, but this is the difference maker in so many situations. And so tonight, uh, we're going to look at another weapon that we have at our disposal in the good fight of faith. And it's this, it's on the screen right there. And it's praise. Praise is a weapon. Clearly, a lot of you don't know that because you would have got excited there. So uh, Chuck, Chuck knows it. Okay, uh, amen. But just listen and I'll show you that praise is a weapon in the fight that you can use. Do you understand this? This is really good news. And so um, we're going we're gonna to open our Bibles tonight to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So you're going to go way back in the Old Testament here to 2 Chronicles, not 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And this is a very, very interesting story um, that I believe we need to take a look at. So uh, as, we, as we look, you know, at, at how to fight the good fight of faith, it seems like some things, you know, are kind of obvious. I don't know. I mean, you know, it seems to me that if you're a Christian, you would know that you should read the Bible. Do you? I don't know, am I right on that? Am I tracking? Yeah, okay. And then um, uh, another very common thing that these Christian people do is they pray. I don't know if you've, anyone? Okay, so pray, okay. Um, and, and so some of these weapons that we have, and, and you know, maybe sometime we'll dig more into the prayer realm. Um, you know, it, it just seems like the average Christian knows that this is something to do when you are in a fight of faith. But a lot of people don't know that praising God in the fight of faith during the attack from the enemy is very high at the top of the list of things that you should be doing. And so that's why we need to take a look here. Now, um, we're going to be looking at, at the story of King Jehoshaphat. Uh, anyone like Jehoshaphat? No? Okay. Good God, good God. And uh, he was the king of Judah. He found himself in a really bad predicament right here. Several enemy armies had joined forces and were heading out to attack Judah. And so uh, the king is fasting, he's praying, he doesn't know what to do. And so let's look at, we'll just pick it up here at verse 12. Second Chronicles 20, and we're going to pick it up here at, uh, at verse 
12. And here's, here's part of the prayer. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. Does that sound like a massive faith-filled prayer right there? God, do something, man. Come on. It ain't fair. And so that's, you know, and so he said, we don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Okay. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. Just so you know, if you didn't know, now you know, all right? He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. All right. Hey, I like this guy. Now we're starting to get somewhere. I like people that talk like this. Amen? This is exactly what David said in 1 Samuel 17 when he was fighting the Goliath. He said, hey, the, the battle's the Lord's, man. I, I'm not even worried. And so, verse 16, this guy's saying, Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Who thinks that all sounds great? I mean, that sounds awesome. And so the Lord speaking through this young man here says, hey, you just got to show up and, and the enemy's going to be defeated. And so I'm like, that's fantastic news. How, you know, I mean, what's the next, what, 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 and so I love this because here's the game plan, okay? They have been promised victory, and now you're going to see one of the most epic battle plans of all time. This is incredible, all right? So look at verse 21. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Amen. Now, you know, I don't call me a whatever, but, but I'm looking at this story. And I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit I do watch, you know, military history on uh, the History Channel. And, and I've, got, uh, I've got this, you know, a military. And, but I've never actually, you know, done any of these things. I've just observed game plans and warfare. Now, this doesn't make much sense to me. Just, I'm going to be very transparent here. Uh, in my mind, okay? So if I'm going to go and I'm in charge of the military and we're going to go and take on an entire, I mean, just ton of different armies coming against us, all right? Imagine that the commander stands up and he says, okay, guys, here's the game plan. Is everybody ready? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, here it is. And so, okay, here we go. We're going to send in the Marines. Everyone's like, yeah, we're going to send in the Navy SEALs. Yeah, we're going to send in choppers above. Yeah. But before all that, we're going to send in the worship band. <laughs> you had me. 
And then you lost me. I, I, okay, I was on board, dude. I, the Marines I get, the SEALs I get, I mean, the, the Army Rangers, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I totally get all that. That makes sense. But before we do it, we're going to send in the worship band? Uh, I, you know, I don't get this. Just, uh, uh, and so here's where you got to trust in the Lord and lean not to your understanding because I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense. And that's not to insult the worship team or musicians, you know. Uh, you guys are great, but, you know, give them the choice. I want some tanks. I want some Humvees. I want some bombs. I want some missiles. I, I want all that stuff before you guys. And then after it's over, you guys can come in and we'll do a little bit of this, you know. Uh, but, but that's not what God said to do. And, and, and so let, let's see what happens here because it seems like a, a, a crazy plan. Uh, uh, but, but let's see what actually happens here, okay? Verse 22. So the army's ready to go, but right in front of them is the worship team. And then verse 22. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise. Can somebody say give praise? The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point of the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. My gosh, look at this situation here. And so you need to know this much that when you praise in the face of your enemies, it confuses them. And, and, and so when they chose to sing praises, when they were surrounded on every side, when they were outnumbered and things looked impossible and they started singing praises, God sent confusion amongst the enemy and they started fighting each other. They killed each other off. Judah showed up and it was all over with and they didn't have to do a single thing. This is an incredible story, but this isn't just for the people of the Old Testament. I'm telling you right now that when you are in a battle, when you are in a bad spot, and it seems like, oh my gosh, I'm surrounded on every side. I don't know what we're going to do if you would dare to raise your hands and start praising God. The devil's going to say, they're crazy. What am I? They're so stupid, they don't even know to be afraid right now. They're singing praises to God. It causes confusion in the enemy camp. And so I'm telling you tonight, man, you don't have to believe me, but I'm just telling you right now that if you would dare to praise God, this is one of the weapons. This is one of the keys to victory that you have available to you. Now, let's get real about it. How often when you're in a really foul mood, do you feel like praising God? I don't. <laughs> I don't want to sing. Are you kidding me? You know, raise my hands. What are you? No, I, you know, when I'm in a bad mood, I want to, you know, I, I don't know. I'm in a bad mood and I don't feel like it. And so the scripture tells us that there is this thing called the sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice 
to praise God. Now, sometimes you do feel it. Sometimes you come in and, and the, you know, the, the, the worship team's on point. Everyone's in a good mood, man. You're, doing, you're, just a, you're, you're happy to be at church. And so you could praise all day and you are really feeling it. That is super cool. And I love it when that happens. And that does happen. But sometimes you don't feel like doing that. And sometimes, you know, not everything is perfectly aligned to, you know, how you want it to be. But what do you do in that moment? That's when you sacrifice. And you understand that a sacrifice means that it, it, it costs you something, that, that you are, you are uh, stretching yourself when you sacrifice. And this is when you're praising God by faith. I encourage you, man, if you're here and you are going through something, you need to be in the word, okay? There's no getting around that. You need to be speaking the word. You need to be praying, okay? We get that, and most people do know at least a couple of these things, but I'm telling you, what if you prayed and you praised also in the same fight, in the same day, in the same breath? What if you did both of these things? I'm just saying, you could start to see some breakthrough in different situations of your life. I, I, you know, a lot of the stories that we share come from Brother Kenneth Hagin. Uh, you know, I, I love Kenneth Hagin. Uh, but he told this story of way back in, I think, the 40s or 50s. There was a, a, a fellow preacher that he was friends with that had been very successful. Uh, a lot of great things had happened, but he came down with tuberculosis. And he was, I mean, he was dying. And I mean, we hear that now and we're like, okay, you know, well, you don't understand. This was a killer, man. This was a bad, bad thing that, you know, until they found a cure and a vaccination for this thing. I mean, people really suffered from this. And, and so it was a horrific thing. And so this preacher got it. And, you know, he couldn't preach anymore. He was bedridden, basically, at, at his uh, in-law's house in Texas. And, and so he had been praying all the time. He, in fact, he had hundreds of people praying for him, thousands of people praying for him. And I think that's a great thing. That's wonderful. But he still, in this case, wasn't getting the breakthrough that he needed. And so he decided, you know, one day, he, he's like, you know what, I'm done. Listen, I'm going to crawl out there to that tree stump in the yard, and I'm either going to pray until I get healed or until I die. But I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not going to live like this. And so he makes his way out there to the tree stump and, and you know, leans up against it, and, and he, he just starts praying a little bit. And he prayed for a while, and, you know, it seems like, you know what, same old, nothing's happening. And then the Lord spoke in his heart and said, you know what, why don't you just go ahead and praise me for a little bit? And, 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 and he's like, oh, okay, you know what, I'll praise God. And so he said this, that he started just kind of singing a little praise song, giving God a little praise, and it was a faint whisper, man. You, you couldn't have heard him if you were five feet away, three feet away, but 
he was doing it anyway. And as he began doing that, the, the praise got a, a little bit louder. And, and, and so he kept going, and, and the praise got a little bit louder. And, and next thing you know, he's on one knee praising God. And the next thing you know, he's, he's on both knees. And then the next thing you know, he's standing up. And the next thing you know, the man is running around the yard praising God so loud that a neighbor about a quarter mile away heard him screaming and wondered, what is this guy doing down there? That's how loud he got, and the man was healed of this disease, okay? And so, don't you know that there is power in our praise? Now, there's a lot of elements that go into fighting the good fight of faith, but I'm trying to tell you tonight right now that praise cannot be overlooked in your life. And I can tell you from my own life that when I praise God in the middle of a storm, when I begin to sing praises and give the sacrifice of praise, it will change the atmosphere that I'm in. It'll change everything around me. You know, if I'm, uh, you know, going, if I'm in a bad mood, okay, believe it or not, it does happen sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and listen, sometimes, man, when, when I feel, you know, anxiety or stress or, or whatever, even depression trying to come upon me, I begin to sing praises to God. Listen, and usually for me, everyone's different, but the, the praise songs that I go to are usually ones that I learned as a child. I, mean, I don't know why. I love, you know, a lot of the great new ones are wonderful and stuff. But, you know, I, 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 I sing songs that I learned as a kid that we sang in our Pentecostal spirit-filled church growing up, you know, in a small Indiana town. And so I'll sing these songs, man, and oh my goodness, I'm just telling you now. It breaks through the cloud and the, the, the attack of the enemy, and it just does something. And, 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 and so I'm just, I want to encourage you with this tonight. If you're going to fight the good fight of faith, you're going to have to give some praise to God by faith. And I don't even know where I was at on my notes, but I'm just going to go with it here. So listen, music, okay, music does something to your soul. Now, the, the, the human being, okay, is a three-part being. You know, I'm going to just review here, okay? You're a spirit, soul, and body, okay? Three parts. Uh, God is a three-part being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we're made in his image, Genesis 1.26. You are also a three-part being. Your spirit is the most real part of you. And then you've got your soul, which through a very thorough study of Scripture, we can determine is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And then you've got your body. Now, we know this much, that music will affect your soul because music, no doubt about it, does something to your emotions, doesn't it? You can listen to rage-filled music and be, you know, I want to go break something, yeah! and, and people think that's fun. You know, I grew up in the 90s, and people would listen to these rock bands and go break things, and this is great, wow! You know, this is the best time of my life. Okay, all right, Some, okay. And so, why? Because 
that music, ugh, it just does something to your emotions. Or maybe, you know, you can listen to a very happy song and, and you get, you know, all happy, whatever. And then we all know that you can listen to a sad, emotional song. And next thing you know, you're just, oh, you know, oh my gosh, wow. Oh. And why? Because it does something to your soul, okay? Now, here's the really good news, though, okay? Because that's, you know, all these people singing all these songs, whatever. I'm not putting down on that. But I will tell you, all right, let, let's just say this, okay? And I don't, you know, hammer on this point very often. You should be very, very careful the music that you listen to. Very, very careful. And, you know, oh, I just like the beat. Okay, I like that you really like the beat, but what about these words and what it's telling you to do to women and what it's telling you to blah, 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 blah. But I just like the beat. Careful. <laughs> careful. Be very, very careful. What you let come in to your ears, and Jesus said what you let your eyes see, be very, very cautious because it'll do things to you that you didn't even realize were happening to you. So as powerful as all that type of music is, you know, it's great. But anointed, spirit-filled music touched by God, listen, don't you think that, that, that and sure, it can do something to your emotions. We can get, you know, it can make you happy. It can give you, you know, the feels or whatever. That, sure, that, we all like that, whatever. But anointed music from God also does something on the spiritual level. And, and, and it can break through barriers. It can break through uh, 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 different things that the enemy is throwing against you, okay? Are, is anyone getting this? Because some of you are staring at me like I'm just from outer space right here. And I mean, whatever, that's fine. But I'm just saying, it's like so many of the things I've been preaching lately, like how do you know it works? Well, because the Bible says it, but also uh, because I'm a client myself. <laughs> I use this stuff and it works. It works, amen? And so music is so powerful. And, and, and anointed music, it can even silence your soul, so your spirit can get even more in tune with God and hear from the Lord. Who in here, you've been in a moment of worship at the altar, wherever, and you've reached the point where you just really do tune everything else out, and God has spoken to you in that moment of praise or that moment of worship. Isn't that awesome, man? I love it. And, and so this is a powerful thing, that if you learn to use it, God can really bring some things to pass, all right? And so that's point number two, is praise will bring breakthrough. Praise will bring breakthrough in our life. Why? Because praise takes your eyes off of earth and turns them to heaven. When you're really praising God, it takes your eyes off of earth and puts them to heaven. And that's why so many times, man, been praising, and someone's like, hey, did you see that over there? I'm sorry, man, I didn't. I was like, <laughs> my eyes were up there, I don't, you know? And, and, and people, you know, often are like, well, I want to raise my hands, but I just, I don't, people will look like, man, let them look, dude, who cares? Man, come on, praise God, yeah? And they, their eyes shouldn't be on you anyway, or they're, they're here for the wrong reasons. But I, there's a very famous Italian poet, whom you'll remember, because you all love Italian poetry. Uh, his name was Dante Alighieri. Uh, <laughs> He, he actually lived in the 1300s, but there's a story that I, that I, I like about him. And, and so 
he was a very Christian man, and, and he was deeply immersed in a, a moment of worship, uh, you know, at, at the church. And some of the people that didn't like him were like, hey, listen, this was the moment in the service when we're supposed to kneel. He didn't even kneel. And so they went and reported him to the bishop, and they're like, hey, listen, this guy, he's the, no, he, he didn't even kneel at the right time. And so the poet was able to, you know, kind of give his answer, and he's like, listen, forgive me, but I was so caught up in my moment with God, I lost track, and I didn't realize, you know, what part of the service it was. And he said, on top of that, if your eyes had been on God instead of on me, you wouldn't have known what I was doing. That's pretty good for an Italian in the 1300s. <laughs> I mean, because they're good now. Back to No, I'm kidding. Okay. So, all right. So listen, our eyes turn from the things of earth to the things of heaven. And so now I'm going to close out tonight in Acts chapter 16 by looking at an incredible New Testament story of praise bringing the breakthrough. Some of you may know where I'm going. But Acts chapter 16 and what we've got here is another impossible situation where praise brought the breakthrough that was needed. Acts chapter 16. And so this is an interesting story. We've got Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas. And they've been arrested. Uh, and what was their crime? Well, they were in a place called Macedonia, and every day as they were going to do their ministry, there was a young girl, maybe a teenage girl, that she, uh, she was a fortune teller, and she had some men that owned her, and, and, and really they, they made a lot of money off of her because she had this ability through the power of the devil to tell some fortunes, you know. And so she was a moneymaker. And so every day, as Paul and Silas, you know, would be walking the streets, she'd be like, hey, here come some men of God. These men are servants of the Most High God. And, uh, and so on the surface, it looks like, oh, that's, you know, that's nice. She's giving a compliment. But no, it was mockery of the devil. The devil was just was making them, it, was, it was sarcastic. It was not a real compliment. And so... Paul put up with it for a while, and then finally he looks at her and says, you know, in the name of Jesus, come out. Or he casts the devil out. And with this, she is now free, amen, and, uh, but she's lost this ability to tell fortunes. And so, because it wasn't a good thing. And, uh, I, you know, I always try to find moments to fit these things in. As a Christian, you have got less than zero business ever consulting a fortune teller, a psychic, a tarot card, a Ouija board, a, a, a horoscope. I'm telling you now, man, you mess with that stuff, whoo, you are getting on the wrong side of God. Do not touch that stuff. That'll screw your life up in very bad ways. And so, anyway, so this girl, now they're mad because they've lost their source of money. And so let's pick it up here, I think, at verse 22. Acts chapter 16 and verse 22. So her, uh, her owners, her managers, her masters, whatever they were calling themselves, uh, they, they just caused, they, they start a whole ruckus out of this. And so verse 22, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. 
So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Who thinks that sounds like a pretty bad day at work? Like, I've, I mean, that, I've had some rough days, man. I, I've had some rough days pastoring, but I've never had nothing like that happen. That is bad. I mean, that's a bad day right there. And so I'm just going to, you know, again, speculate that when you've been beaten with wooden rods and stripped naked and then uh, uh, locked up in the, the inner dungeon uh, and, and your, even your feet have been put in stocks, I'm thinking at that moment, I'm probably not in the mood to give God praise and thank him, you know, for his wonderful deeds. I don't know, maybe it's, you know, I I don't know, that's speculation. Now, I certainly know a lot of people that complain and whine and, you know, say bad things about God for a lot worse than that. Well, this didn't happen yet. I mean, come on, man, the neighbor got a new car. What about me? Uh, This isn't fair. God, you said you were good. Like, okay. (laughs) Let's just hear me out, okay? Those aren't real problems, all right? This is a real problem. This is awful. Nobody wants to go through this. And so here we have them in a very bad situation. And so what do they do? Well, let's look here at verse 25. Acts 16, verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Who thinks praying is a great thing? Amen. And singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. And so this tells me that they had to have been singing kind of loud because they were like in solitary confinement. They were in the inner dungeon. They weren't even with everybody else. They probably had some thick concrete walls separating them. So this was not a whisper. This was not a whimper. These guys were singing some praise to God. And it had to be hard. They were beaten. And look at verse 26. It says, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. And so I'll tell you right now that praise will open doors. Praise will break chains. Praise will set you free. Praise will cause a shaking to happen in your situation. Amen? But you got to know, you're not always going to feel like doing it. And so we get to this place in our faith and in our spiritual walk where you understand that sometimes you got to do things you don't feel like doing. You have to. And this is where you begin to grow and where you begin to become a mature Christian where you can do the right thing even when you don't feel like doing it. Mature people do that. Uh, how many people in here, you, you go to work like every day and some, some of those days you don't feel like going, you know, perchance. I'm not, no. Why do you go? Because you're a grown-up. You're mature. You gotta go. And, you know, I'm teaching my kids this. They, you know, hey, listen, they think they can just get out of going to school and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's usually just dumb stuff. And I'm like, and so I get the question, why do we have to go to school? Well, there's a lot of great reasons, but one of the main reasons I give them is this, is because, I don't want this to sound bad, but you hear my heart as a father. I don't want you to grow up to be a loser. And, the, and I don't. Why? Because 
listen, I don't care, I don't care if you end up working you know, um, at McDonald's or if you're the CEO of FedEx, whatever, either way is fine, but I know this much, that whatever job you pick, they will expect you to show up, right? They're gonna expect that. And when I worked at FedEx, we had a, I think it was a 98.75% um, uh, uh, punctuality and attendance expectancy. If it fell below that, if you were late by one second, that counted against you. Even if there was an ice storm, even if their roads were closed down, you had to show up, why? Because if you don't show up, it's a very bad thing for a jet airplane with a $5 million of uh, you know, inventory to not go out, they want you to show up. And I found that out. And, and, and so I'm like, listen guys, we show up and we do what we don't feel like doing because it's called being mature and it's called being an adult. And if you can't do that now at fifth grade, okay, listen, you're living the dream right now. I'm buying you stuff. I'm paying your bills like, you've got it good, man. I miss fifth grade. It was awesome. The 90s were incredible, dude. Nine, I was like 98, 99. It was awesome, man. I loved it. And at the time, I didn't. But now I look back and I'm like, wow, that was so great. I miss it so much. And, and, and so, but, but we know this. As parents, and, and even if you're a new Christian, what do we do? We do the right things even when we don't feel like it, because it's called being an adult, it's called being a grown-up, it's called being mature, it's called growing, it's called getting stronger, it's called being a winner, it's called, it's called just, man, doing the right thing. And so, so many of these things that we've gone over Sunday night and tonight, you know, getting into the Word of God, there will be resistance. Go home tonight and turn on one of your favorite shows or a basketball game, rewatch a football game. You probably won't even get tired, will you? You could stay up till 1 a.m. watching TV. Why? There's no resistance from the devil for you to go watch, you know, the NBA Finals from 1998. He welcomes it. Pull your Bible out. You'll be yawning, nodding off. You'll be asleep. <laughs> You'll be asleep within like a minute, dude. You will flat go down. Why? The devil doesn't want you staying up pulled in all nighter with the Bible. He doesn't want that. So like, man, fine, go to sleep. We're gonna whatever, dude. But you don't even care anymore. And so I remember I'm going over time, so um, but I I was just going back to my um, well, I used to work at FedEx in Indianapolis, and so I had about a 40-minute drive to work. And if I wanted to listen to music you know, rock or whatever, like I could jam and rock and headbang the whole 40 minutes and feel great. But I decided, you know what, I'm going to start praying on the way to work. I'm going to start, I'm going to pray in the spirit, I'm going to pray in tongues for 40 minutes and I'm going to have the fire come down, I'm going to be so energized and lit up and ready to, to charge hell with a squirt gun, man. I'm going to be ready to go. And so... First day of this, I mean, I start praying on the way to work. And I mean, I'm, I'm swerving, I'm, I'm dozing off. I'm like, wow, dude, I must have just prayed for like a solid half hour. I look at the clock, it's been like four minutes. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what do you do? 
you press through. <laughs> you break through. You praise God. Amen? And so, so many of the things that we're telling you, the things that we tell you every single week, listen, it's not because you want to feel like doing these things. Sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. Either way, you do the right thing. You show up to the Bible every day. You show up to praise God every day. You show up to prayer every day. You show up to church every week. Amen? Whether you feel like it or not. And as you begin to do these things, you're growing stronger and stronger and stronger, and you are going to win the good fight of faith. You will win, but you're going to have to do it his way. You're going to have to do it his way. But you will win the good fight of faith. I've got one last verse, Psalm 22, and uh, I think it's verse 3. Psalm 22, I'm going to read it in the King James, and you just put it on the screen. Psalm 22, verse 3, and it says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel, or, or the praises in the New Testament, we'd say, of your people. It tells us right here that God inhabits the praises of his people. What, well, what does it mean to inhabit something? It means you dwell there. You're all over that. That's where you are. And so if God inhabits praises, if God dwells there, if God is found in that area, then that's what I want to be doing. I want to be praising God and seeing the breakthrough. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wind down right there tonight. Praise God. Let's go ahead and stand up together this evening. Um, I asked the worship team to come on up and close us out in a praise song tonight. Who thinks that sounds pretty good? Oh, you're hurting me. You're hurting me, people. Come on. It's not for, I don't care. It's not for me. I'm trying to help you out. I'm throwing you a bone here. I mean, seriously, giving you the chance to praise God. Who feels like praising God? Okay. That's great. Now, let's be honest. Who doesn't feel like praising God right now, huh? Well, you're the exact one that should be praising God in this moment. And so um, we're going to go ahead, and I'm going to have them do the, uh, the song they opened up with tonight. Um, and so why don't you come up to the front here? Well, I don't do that. Well, now you do. So uh, <laughs> take a step of faith. Step out of the boat. Step out of your comfort zone. Let's come on up tonight and, uh, and, and give God a little praise for just the last couple minutes here. And if you're like, well, I don't, I don't think I want to go to the front, well, step out of your seat. Do something. Get on. Kneel. Raise a hand. Like, I don't know. Whistle. Make, do something for God. I, you know, do something to, to stretch yourself a little bit this evening. Amen. So we'll just take a few minutes here. And they're going to close out with this song that we did already tonight. And then we'll close out in prayer after this. Amen. Go ahead. In fact, tonight, why don't we start with that second verse, since it talks about being set free, which Pastor Dave was just preaching on. Lost in our sin.
Love this guy. So praise the Lord. Well, listen, we've given you the word tonight. We've given you a chance to praise God. We've given you a chance to be a doer of the word of God. And that's that's what just happened right here. You became a doer of the word of God. And that's where the blessing is at. And so we're getting ready to close things out tonight. But I just encourage you, man, to at home, sing out loud. Sing praises to God out loud. Yeah, well, the kids are going to hear. Well, that'll do them a lot of good. Amen. That's going to do them a lot of good. They need to hear. Well, what if the neighbors hear? They really need to hear. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah, they need to hear it. And so don't be afraid to get loud for God. And, you know, I just, we get a little bit loud around here sometimes. And I, I don't apologize for that. I don't feel bad. And I, I remember one time, I probably shouldn't tell this story, but I'm just doing these type of things tonight. So someone came in and you know, it was honest. It was someone that I knew that wasn't gonna, you know, they, this wasn't gonna be their church. I just knew that. And so they wanted to get in, like, man, everyone around here is so loud. And I'm like, dude, you're, <laughs> you are not gonna like it here because we're actually being quiet today. This is what it gets a lot louder than this. And so if you want quiet. But why? Because heaven is going to be loud, guys. You need to know this, that there's going to be millions, potentially billions of people singing and praising and dancing and shouting to the Lamb of God. Amen. It's going to be loud. And so if you don't like a lot of noise, man, you're just going to have to, you know, have to have to work on this thing. So anyway, praise God. Well, I'm going to go ahead and shut up. We're way over time. So let's go ahead and we're going to, you can stay right where you are. We're going to close in prayer tonight and then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession and then you can be dismissed. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this evening. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in the word of God. And Lord, we know that we are called to fight the good fight of faith. And Lord, we understand that if we do things your way, we win. And so thank you, Lord, for your instructions. Thank you for showing us what we need to do. And Lord, I pray for each person here tonight, if they are facing a battle, Lord, if they are, 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 are facing just insurmountable odds, Lord, we know that with God, all things are possible with God. And so we love you, Lord, and I pray for breakthroughs in these lives, Lord, for healings, uh, Lord, for testimonies, for victory in every single life here, Father. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. All right. We're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession, and then we will close things out. I got some kids in here tonight. Do I got any volunteers for the faith confession? Oh, I found one. Are you? Okay. Well, come on up. Okay. Serenity is going to do the Barstow faith confession tonight. Do you remember it or do you need the screen over there? Oh, she's got it. Okay. Let's, here we, okay. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody. We will see you Friday night if you're married. Sunday if not.